I believe, like I said earlier, it will, uh, it will, uh, it's applicable unto each one of us. Uh, we're going to go to a very familiar passage of scripture in Luke chapter number 10, uh, and we're going to speak on a simple subject, but a deep subject. And I don't have enough time tonight to be able to give you everything that I have gotten. Uh, I've got a lot of, lot of notes and uh, a lot of pages worth, uh, but uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter number 10, if you will. And we're going to speak on this subject of stress. Yes, that's right. Everybody's like, oh, praise the Lord. I'm glad I came tonight. <laughs> How many of you are stressed tonight? That's all right. We all get that way. If you got children, amen. Two hands and a foot, amen, get them all up. Uh, we, we know how that can be, but uh, I, I do want to preach on this subject or teach real. I think it's more of a teach tonight. Uh, it is, a, it is a, a Wednesday night, and I believe it's a lot that I want to teach. And out of a very familiar passage of Scripture where we see stress laid out for us and the situation that unfolds there. Uh, but nonetheless, if you will, if you can stand, if you are able to stand, that is, if you'll stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Just a few short verses here, Luke chapter number 10. And verses 38 through 42. We've been uh, in our, my Sunday school for two weeks now, uh, moving on into the third or possibly fourth week. I'm not sure how long we'll be in these few verses, but there's a lot to glean from God's word. Uh, and, and the more you read it, and it's actually this message was birthed uh, from my Sunday school class. I was teaching and I was like, hold on one second. Let me make a note real quick. Uh, and then it came full circle and God just began to develop this deeper and deeper. Uh, but we're going to teach on the subject of stress tonight. Luke chapter number 10, beginning in verse number 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she come help me, that she help me. Verse 41 and 42 is where we're going to end it. But listen to the response that Jesus gives now. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now within this simple story, we will see a lot of things. And I want to pull out some things uh, within this story that we see laid out for us as far as stress is concerned and what stress does and how stress will affect our everyday lives, all right? And I don't have to preach that long because you know stress affects us, right? We know that without a shadow of a doubt. So we're going to pray. I'm going to jump right into this. I, I, I doubt I'm going to get all the way to the, to the latter part of this. I have eight points. I know, don't fall out with me yet. I'm probably only going to make it through four. I've got lines drawn in here of where to stop, all right? So I'm keeping my eyes on the clock. Maybe preacher will let me come back and finish it. If not, I'll just give you my notes and you can go home and read over it, amen? I'll send them out through the, the church cast or the, the email or whatever, the app. Uh, so nonetheless, let's pray together. Uh, you can be seated. You can be seated. I know you've worked hard. You've worked hard all day long. You can be seated. Let's pray together and let's jump right into it. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we do thank you, Lord, for what you've done thus far. Lord, I thank you for the message that you birthed in my heart, Lord, and, and how applicable it is 
is unto each one of us. Now, Lord, I pray that you would help us take this simple truth tonight, Lord, that we just won't overlook the truths that we pull out from your word, but Lord, we'll take them and apply them. And Lord, we'll look at your word and let it become alive unto us. And Lord, we'll put ourselves in these situations, Lord, as we bring them to light in Mary and Martha's life as they enter into this to the, this hospitable setting. And God, may we pull some things from it, Lord, to be able to help us to become better Christians and better servants for you, Lord. We love you. Lord, I pray that you help me, Lord, get the message out that you want me to get out. Lord, help me to say everything that you want me to say. Lord, hold back anything that you don't want me to say tonight. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen and amen. Like I said before, I'm so glad that you're here and I'm glad that the Lord helped me with this subject of stress because it is something that we face on a daily basis. If you are alive, take a deep breath tonight then you're going to have stress, okay? It's just part of it, right? We know life can throw us curveballs. Uh, issues come left and right. When we think everything's going all right, all of a sudden something will happen that will cause us to become stressed out, right? Uh, and some of us may use that word more often than not. Man, I'm just so stressed. I can't take it, you know? When the blood pressure goes up and you can feel your heart rate in your neck, you can feel your pulse in your neck, you need to calm down and just sit back for a little bit, amen? I get that way after about 10 tacos, Hype man, Ricky. <laughs> I told my wife, I said, I got to stop eating so much. She goes, she goes, yeah, I know you've ate a lot. I said, yeah, but when I can feel my neck pulsating, that's way too much, right? I got to throttle back a little bit. Uh, but stress, right? It's a key thing in all of our lives that, we, that affects us on a daily basis, uh, some, some more than others, right? Uh, and we're trying to help our kids. I'm going to do my best not to chase too many rabbits. I'm going to stick with my notes, but I'm trying to help even our kids now. How many of you know kids are stressed out right now? I mean, we're talking little, I mean, even my six-year-olds, the twins, uh, is, is consistent. Hey, when are we going here? When are we doing this? What time is this? Well, how much longer? Well, how much longer? Are we there? It's like, listen, just calm down. Calm down. Just be a kid and enjoy life. You can be stressed out later on when you grow up and get your own bills, all right? But right now, just enjoy, enjoy what you got right now. You know, I'm trying to get that in their heads to like not worry, to not stress over what's going to take place because we know God will work everything out for his good in the end if we are just faithful unto him and if we just hold unto him and stay faithful unto him, he's faithful right back unto us. So I'm like, kids, just calm down. It's okay. You know, this thing of stress, uh, I thought about the woman who took her husband to the doctor for the checkup, for his annual checkup there and he had a severe infection. And so she took him to the doctor uh, and, and they went through the pre-op, the, the check-in and all that. And the doctor comes into the room and he says, well, your husband's got a serious infection. And she said, oh no. Well, what does that mean? She goes, well, I'm just saying he's got a serious infection. This is a very serious problem. This is a, a life or death situation. And, uh, and the husband who was hard of hearing leaned over to his wife and said, what did he say? He said, you're sick. And she was looking at the doctor again, like, and the doctor goes on and says, well, there's hope though, okay? Uh, what you have to do is reduce his stress, all right? So he begins to give him this laundry list of things. Uh, you just need to reduce his stress. So each morning, give him a healthy breakfast. Be pleasant and nice and kind. For lunch and dinner, make him his favorite meals. Don't discuss any of your problems with him. It will only stress him worse. And the doctor goes on and says, don't yell at him or even argue with him. And most importantly, just cater to your husband's every need. So they leave the doctor's office there and they're riding on the way home. And the, the husband leans over to the wife and said, well, what did the doctor say? And the wife looked over at him and said, you're going to die. 
We laugh and we joke, but stresses come every single day, right? When we unload our problems, when we talk about life with others, sometimes stress is there. And I wanted to start off with a humor, a little humorous joke right there. But everyone understands stress and no one can avoid stress. It's all around us and we deal with it every single day. And there's much in this world to be stressed over. There is the ever worsening economy, right? Uh, we don't know whether we're going to have our jobs tomorrow. We don't know whether gas prices is going to jump up a 50 cent, $2 or a dollar overnight. Amen. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen there. The growing conflicts, uh, whether it be Russia and Ukraine or in the Middle East and, and the ever growing wars that are going on around us. And then it, if you turn the news on, which I don't encourage you to turn it on much, but if you turn, maybe get the traffic in the morning. So that way you don't get stressed out and get hit, get stuck in traffic. But uh, if you turn on the news at night, you see another murder has taken place and we wonder if the next one will be closer to home. Nevertheless, uh, it's not any of these events that keep us up at night. No, it's not really. I'm pretty sure if we all have trouble sleeping, it's a, the uh, because of the amount of workload and the amount of stuff that we put on ourselves every single day. It's not the price of tea in China that keeps us up in the middle of the night, that keeps our heart racing. No, it's the ever amounting stuff that we bring into our lives, that we put on our shoulders, and that we try to bear on our own. That is the stress that brings us forward. So, however, it is when, when we take on so much load that we get to the point to whether we're going to implode and run away from God and life, or like Martha, we're going to explode and rant and blame God for the troubles in our lives, right? There's one or the other. See, the, you know, we've been taught this our whole lives, express your feelings, get it out. You can't hold everything in, right? You shouldn't hold everything in. Why? Because eventually you're going to get to the point where you're going to explode like Martha does within the story that we see, or you're going to implode. You're going to run away. You're going to draw yourself back from everything and everyone because they are the ones that are causing all the stress in your life, right? So we're going to do one or the other, but let me help you tonight as we work through the word of God and the word of God is not silent about the subject of stress. It's all through the Bible, but we have to pick up on it as we go along. And as we see right here in our story, verses 38 through 42, we see a stress building moment and an explosion moment that takes place right here with Martha, right? So we'll, we'll pull out a couple things here, but the Bible gives us many of examples of men and women of faith who lived with stress and some handled it in a way that strengthened them and others sadly uh, responded to the stress by running from God. In our scripture today, we have uh, an example of a person who experiences stress and we see how Jesus gives her a word to be able to bear it, all right, uh, to be able to handle it. And stress is a part of life. We know that. Let's go ahead and check that box off and we cannot avoid it. Let's go ahead and check that box off, but you can survive it tonight, all right, you're not alone in the stress field. You're not alone in your own stress bubble. Understand that everyone is stressed out about something or someone, right? We all have burdens that we carry and the stress that goes along with it, but understand that you can survive it. It is survivable. Don't ever think when you get to the point when you're so stressed out that you cannot move and you cannot make it into the moment. But yes, you can make it with Jesus Christ. And yes, you can if you just learn to redirect your focus. And we'll get to that here on the latter part of the message. But I just, I got so much I want to give you to you tonight. And we look at our example. Look at your example again in Luke chapter 10, verses number 38 through 42. I'll hasten through this introduction. Let me, if you'll do me a favor, tune me in. I'm going to build a back 
backdrop, a story, if you would, more in-depth analysis of where we are within this setting so you'll really grab the context and the stress that is building, okay? So let's read our verses of Scripture very quickly again. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, speaking of Jesus and the disciples here, and, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet, meaning the others were already are they already taken a seat and they're already there at his feet listening to Jesus and heard his word. Hang on to every word now. Listen, verse number 40, but Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So we see right here within our story within these first few verses of 38 and 39 that Mary and Martha along with her brother Lazarus were friends and supporters of Jesus and his ministry. We know that and they lived in a tiny village of Bethany which just a few miles away from Jerusalem and Luke tells us here that one day following an incredible busy day of ministry if you'll go back and read the rest of Luke 10 it's been a busy day. It's been an active day and everywhere Jesus went was busy. Amen. Business always picked up where Jesus was and so we see here they are weary and they come into the village and Martha invites them in. And when Jesus and his disciples enter to the village, Martha welcomes him into her home as her guest and her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to him teach. Okay. Listen, now this is an unusual scene in its first because in first century Christian culture, Jewish teachers did not allow women to sit at their feet. And Jesus does the highly unusual. Can I get an amen right there? That's what he does. He come in to upset Upset, uh, not really to upset, but it upset them as he would come in and change their religious outlook on things. But Jesus comes in and does something highly unusual. He, as a guest of a woman in her home, not only allowed her to sit at his feet, but also taught her. And that was a huge deal right there. So get the context as we're laying out. Jesus cares and enables all to become his followers, and he is interested in every man and woman alike. And he allows Mary not to just come in and just be there in the presence. No, but but he allows her to sit at his feet and to learn. All right, so there are times when we need to set our lives aside and simply spend time with the Lord, praying and meditating on his word and getting refreshed for the next season of service. So we see the backdrop here beginning. And while Mary was taking notes, her sister Martha was taking aim. Look at your verse of scripture here again in verse number 40. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she come, bid her therefore that she help me. So now traditionally, Martha has been painted to look like the incentive sensitive person within this story. We know that and we preached on that and we talked about her focus was in the wrong direction and, and, and everything like that, but her priorities were mixed up. But Mary understood that being with Jesus takes priority over working to please Jesus. Oh, let me say that quote again and let you get this tonight. Mary understood that being with Jesus takes priority over working to please Jesus. And while there is truth in, in having our priorities in line, let us not be so quick to, to judge poor Martha here. So in biblical times, homes were typically one room. 
one-room structures without much extra space. So now imagine as, G- as Martha comes and Jesus is coming into the city there with the disciples and, and Martha runs out and says, hey, come on in. Why don't you come stay with us for a bit? Come, stay with us. And now not only Jesus but his disciples have now entered into this small dwelling already. And now imagine if you would, 13 extra people just show up at your place in your living room without no warning, hey man. They just show up in town. He's like, hey, that's so-and-so. So let's get them in here. Oh, you brought all them. Okay. You know, and the panic probably set in as they're making their way in. The excitement was there. Jesus was in town. The disciples were there. The excitement was there. Yes, but also the ever-growing stress begins. Okay? So we understand this. As a hostess of the home, Martha would have been, uh, had been uh, facing a serious challenge in accommodating everyone if a meal had been offered, which was very likely in this time. According to common customs of that day, it would have added tremendously to her workload. So preparing the food was an extremely time-consuming process. They didn't have refrigerators and Instapots and and microwaves like we do. You think about it. If they offered a meal, it would be kindling a fire. It would be uh, finding the animal that you want to kill and dress it. I mean, we're talking butchering it from the beginning to the end and begin the meal preparation. It's not a simple task. Oh, we got company. Hey, honey, grab the pizza rolls. Put them in the microwave. Amen. Uh, we got appetizers on the way. They're gourmet Italian. Amen. Uh, little pizza pockets. Amen. <laughs> Mini bite size. Amen. I love pizza rolls, if you don't notice. Uh, pepperoni, preferably. Amen. Uh, but so we see the ever-growing stress. She invites them into her home, and now she has begun the preparation of making their stay wonderful, making their stay great. She, she is now helping them uh, along their journey. She's preparing food, probably, uh, offering drinks. I mean, imagine four, I mean, 13 people just show up, and now there's a lot of preparation that has to go on. So on top of all this, within that cultural context, a woman's social reputation was inseparable from her performance as a hostess. Think about this. Small communities, uh, communities were so small that whether good or bad, it got around fast. So this also added to her level of stress of, man, I got to make sure everything's right. I got to make sure I do everything just first class. I got I to gotta make sure that I treat my guests right and have everything for them that we're not lacking anything. Imagine, are you getting the stress level that's building up right here? Are you getting where she is getting overloaded and, and overworked and overstressed about this situation? It's simply Jesus and the disciples coming to her house. Oh no, there's much more than what's just right there in the words of scripture. By when you put it in the context of that day and of that cultural experience, there's a lot of workload that got added unto her. So we picture Martha running about here and there, running to the cupboard, amen, teenagers? And they're running to the cupboard and, the, and she's getting the cups out and the drinks out and the plates out and, and she's getting all this and, and she's preparing the food, the spices, and she's tasting a little bit of this, tasting a little bit of that, adding a little bit of salt over here, going here, running there, running frantically about. Now get this. Now, I think we can relate just a little bit of where Martha is coming from. After all that she was doing her best to be hospitable, she needed help. She needed help. It wasn't just one person that showed up. It was multiple people. And we're getting almost done with the introduction. We're going to jump right into this thing. So hold on with me, okay? Listen, isn't it a reasonable request for her to ask her sister Mary to help, right? I mean, you think about it. She's running around here and there, and there Mary is just sitting down at his feet, learning and listening and all enjoying all the, oh, wow, that's so wonderful, Jesus. Tell me about the next story. What did you just, where'd you guys just come from? What'd you just do? And here Martha is, I can't 
believe her doing that. I'm over here running. Hang on. I, you need some more drink? Yes, no problem. I'll get that for you. And she's running here. She's running there. And she's trying to be hospitable the best she can. But get the picture here as she now begins to take aim at her sister. Shouldn't Mary have been serving alongside of her sister? But Christ's response, here is where the pivotal moment comes in. Christ's response to Martha's request cast a completely different light on this situation. But the Lord said unto her, look at verse 41 and 42. And Jesus, and Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, I believe it, the first Martha was maybe a little bit more vocal than the other. Uh, I mean, you think about it, he has to say it twice. And how many of you know if somebody's upset, sometimes to calm them down, you've got to say their name twice. Right, my kids come in from outside and one hit the other or took something from the other and they come in, whoa, 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 John, John, what happened? You know, you got to get their attention. I believe that's where Jesus was as Martha was so cumbered about running here, running there. She's worried. She's stressed to the max. And now we see and Jesus answered and said on her, Martha, 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 thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful and Mary Notice he says her name, not your sister, but Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. I want you to notice just a couple of things by way of introduction here that we see. He first affirms her work. He first commends her for her work. Look at it in verse 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful, right? He first says, listen, I understand you got a lot of workload. And you're doing everything diligently and you're doing everything to par. You're doing everything above and beyond measure. You are careful and troubled about many things. First, we see here that he affirms her work. And can I say this tonight, that Jesus sees the work that you are doing for him and he understands all the hard work that goes into everything that you do for him as he sees it in Martha. Secondly, he pinpoints her stress. Jesus says, Martha, you are troubled about many things. First, he commends her. First, he, he affirms her work. He almost commends her work. Like, you're doing a great job. Hey, listen, you are careful and troubled about many things. But this one thing is needful right now. This one simple thing, and that is Jesus at this moment, it wasn't about the service. At this moment, it wasn't about running here and there and being hospitable. At this moment, it wasn't about her reputation within the community. At this moment, it wasn't really about her when she should have stopped as if Mary did and just sit at the feet of Jesus when she had the opportunity to do so. So we think, we think that maybe sometimes I believe we get into that work mode mentality that, that maybe if we do more, God will notice us more. Maybe if I do more around the church, I'll get noticed more. Maybe if I do this more, God will see me more. Yeah, but God, have you seen what all I do? I mean, God, I'm, I'm running here. I'm running there. I'm always busy. I'm always busy. I'm always doing this and I'm always doing that. And Martha, but, but what God wants for us is for us to be focused on one thing and our entire service is that is Jesus to keep our eyes on that one thing, Jesus. Whether we're serving, whether we're sitting, whether we're waiting for the next instruction, whatever it is, whatever season that you are in in your life is the ultimate goal for God and he wants us to keep our eyes on Jesus. To never lose that focus, even in the busyness of the ministry, even in the busyness within your life, within your Sunday school, within the hospitality team, within the maintenance team. Listen, whatever you do in life, it is our goal to keep our eyes upon Jesus because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is not only the beginning, but he will sustain us all the way until the end. Amen. We're going to bring us to our first point. 
So now we see that Martha had clearly let stress cause her to lose her focus. And when stress can cause you to lose your focus, can we agree with that? Stress can cause you to lose your... That's why, fellas, when we're working on something and we keep breaking ratchets and stripping out bolts, just like, you know what? You got to take a step back. Because here's what happens. Tools start flying. Hey, man. I don't know how many tools I lost that the lawnmower found. Amen. Can I get a witness on that one? There's a few of you out there. You just won't admit to it. Amen. Uh, that's why you keep having to go back and buy that 10 millimeter socket that you keep losing. Some of y'all, y'all mechanics know that one. <laughs> All right. So if you lose your, if, if stress can cause you to lose your focus. And when you lose your focus, you will, number one, resort to self-pity. Now, hang with me. Hang with me as we work through these four points. I'm not going to make it to the latter part. We'll hit these four and we'll call it for tonight. But if we're not careful, what happens is stress will make us lose our focus. And then we'll begin to resort to self-pity. And all you ladies can know what entertaining an unplanned visitor is like and why Martha is so frustrated and feeling more and more frustrated with each passing moment. And the first part of verse number 40, look at it with me if you will, it kind of lays it out for us. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, not just serving, but much serving. Why? Because there was a big crowd there. There was a big task at hand and there was a lot at stake for her and the stress level was through the roof, and here she is trying to serve and do everything she can. And now we see, and the sense of the word translated cumbered means to be overoccupied with cares or busyness, to being distracted. And that's where she was. And the implication is that Martha wanted to hear Jesus herself. How many of you would agree with that? That's where she wanted to be. That's where she wanted to be. She wanted to be seated at his feet too, but she was pulled away, hang on with me, by her sense of duties. She was pulled away by her sense of duties, okay? Now listen, we just went over all the the duties, quote unquote, that would happen in that day of time when people came and visited, all the, the things that she had to meet, the requirements, if you would, and those things to make their stay hospitable and make their stay well. And we see all these things. And, and she was so long to be right there beside Mary, but her duties, quote unquote, pulled her away and worrying about the meal has robbed her of the joy of her service for the Lord. Her duties not only pulled her away, but her duties also robbed her of the joy of the person and the people in which she was serving. Can you imagine preparing a meal for Jesus and the disciples? Can you imagine about that? I mean, I couldn't fathom what was going through her head and the preparations being made. I'm sure she went and found the finest of the finest to be able to kill and slaughter, to be able to prepare that meal. And and she wanted everything tipped. It would be like preacher and Tammy just showing up on your front door tomorrow. No, yes, I see some of your eyes. Mine went up too. I got four kids. <laughs> Can we just meet outside? <laughs> hey, preacher. And you shut the door right behind you, you know what I'm saying? Because you don't want them to come in the house because it's, it's a wreck. Amen. We live in it. Amen. Our house is not a museum <laughs> by any means. Amen. Uh, but it would be like preacher and Tammy just showing up on your doorstep and you having to entertain them. I mean, we're talking preacher and Miss Tammy from Calvary Baptist Church. I mean, uh, our pastor just showing up. Uh, hey, you see, you, when you answer the door, it's like, hey, preacher, how you doing? Didn't expect you to see you here. Yeah, we wanted to come and just have a meal with you. Oh, where are we going to eat, right? <laughs> we would divert. Where are we going to eat? Oh, no, we figured you would just prepare something here. Uh, okay. <laughs> Put the hamburger up and get the steaks out real quick. <laughs> I mean, you want to make their stay welcome, right? You want to you make their stay the best it can be. And that's where Martha was. She was so over, overcome by her duties that it robbed her of the joy of literally serving the Lord at that moment. 
Running about here and there robbed her of that joy of just being able to serve him and or being able to sit and just listen to him teach. So we see this right here and we should, of course, take our responsibilities seriously, but, our, but not to ourselves to the point to where we get, uh, where we get overestimate our importance within those situations to the point where we, it becomes the main thing and we lose sight of the main thing and the main thing now is service and service and service when it should have been on the Lord Jesus the whole time. And we see this and the problem did not lie within the work that Martha was doing. Jesus even said that. He affirms the work in her, right? You are, you listen, you, you are, you're troubled about many things, but listen, you're doing great things and you're careful he used the word careful, which means particular. Uh, everything was in its right place, and you're doing everything spot on. He affirms that work in her. So the problem did not lie in the work that Martha was doing, but it was the attitude in which she was doing it with. See, when they first arrived, no doubt it was probably, it was probably the excitement of, of that, that atmosphere. It was the excitement, but she lost the balance between going and doing and sitting and listening. And we think about this, that the difference is not between Martha, the, the, the difference between Martha and Mary is not that one served and the other did not. Because that's what we hit on a lot of times, because we see that it's very plainly put out, but there's so much more in depth within these verses. It's, so it's not the matter of that one served and the other did not, but one served out of duty and the other served out of devotion. Let me say that one more time. One served out of duty, Martha, and the other served out of devotion. Mary. You see, she kept the main thing, the main thing. At that time, they don't know how much time Jesus is going to be able to spend with them. He could just be passing by for the meal and that was it for that day. They could have ate, they could have fellowship for a little bit and he could have been gone, right? So she was going to hang on to every word that he had to say and learn as much as she could while Martha was pulled away by doing the duties within her calling as being a hostess of the house. In our daily lives, we can become so busy with the everyday things that we neglect the most important thing. And the facts, the facts are that today, many of you are overworked. Amen. And you quite simply work too many hours. And I love this. I read this quote the other day. It's an excerpt out of a book and, and how true it is in today's time that, that people expect us to be busy, over, busy and overworked. It's because uh, it's become a status symbol in our society that if we're busy, then we are important. And if we're not busy, then we're embarrassed to admit it. Busyness is where we get our security. It's validating, popular and pleasing. It's also a good excuse for not dealing with the first things in our lives. Well, I would, but I'm too busy. How many of you heard that one? We've used that one. We all use that one if we're not careful, but we got to make sure we take time, put aside the duties and get into that devotion mentality and just sometimes pause everything and sit and read our Bibles and pray and get along with God. We have to. You want to get through this thing of stress? You want to make it through this thing of life and all the stresses that come with it? Then we have to, like Mary, put aside all the duties. Should she be helping her sister? Sure. But within the context here, Jesus is there and he is pouring into them. And she don't know how long he's going to be there. And she wants to glean as much as she can. And you are here tonight. Why? Not because somebody forced you to, unless you're children. Amen. Sorry, kids. You're going to get drugged to church. Amen. Uh, but listen, here's the thing. You come here tonight. Why? Because you want something. You need something to continue on the rest of this work week. 
Monday and Tuesday was probably already troublesome for you. Today was probably not the best day of all, but you look forward to church. Why? Because you knew you're going to come in here. You're going to sing songs of worship together. You're going to hear great preaching. Well, not, not for me. You'll hear that next Sunday when preacher's back, but you'll hear great preaching from the word of God and you hear the word of God just expounded upon and you get this and you feed from it. Listen, we grow by reading this book. We grow by going to church. We grow by getting with brothers and sisters in Christ. We grow with all that. But if we're not careful, we'll put our duties, our busyness in front of our devotion. We'll chase that dollar. Well, preacher, I'd come on Wednesday, but yeah, you know, they're offering extra overtime and I need all the money I can get. My, my father owns everything and my father will take care of everything. If we are faithful to him, then he is faithful unto us. Every single time he has provided when the bill has come in and we're short on money, it miraculously comes in to the dollar, to the cent, and you just can't do nothing but say, God, that's you every single time. Why? Because we put our devotion in front of our duties. So it's time sometimes for us to take a step back and do just that. Listen, number two, very quickly here, not only resort to self-pity sometimes, we, we go, I want to be there. That's not fair, right? That's where Martha was. It's not fair that Mary got to sit and I had to serve, but we also can become angry at others. And stress will do that. Stress, stress will take our focus away and we become angry at others and our world is full of distractions and, and the more and more pressure, the more tempting it is to, to focus on the urgent rather than the essential, let me say that quote one more time. Our world is full of distractions and the more and more pressures, the more tempting it is for us to focus on the urgent rather than the essential. And I truly believe that Martha wanted to honor Jesus. How many of you would you agree with that? She truly wanted to give her best unto the Lord and to the disciples there. She wanted to give her best and she truly wanted to honor Jesus. And I even believe that she began her work with the right attitude. She was excited. This is Jesus. He's here. Can you believe it? I'm so excited. Hey, come in, come in, come in. Lodge with us for a little bit. Stay with us. And then she began to prepare the meal. Oh, I'm so excited. Jesus is here doing all this. She's serving, serving with the right attitude. But then slowly something began to change. And, and I truly believe that she tried. And she started off with a great attitude and, and a great motive, if you would. And, and slowly everything began to change. And all of you ladies can identify with what I'm about to say here. Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And I, I, many of you go all out. And I mean all out, amen? I mean, you cook for an army when you got a family of six, amen? Just call me and I'll help you clean up, amen? But you know what it is when you go into a big family event, Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner, and you begin the preparation. You're so excited. Oh, I'm going to make this. I'm going to do the turkey. I'm going to do the dressing. Oh, we may even throw in a baked ham in there. Can I get an amen? Uh, sweet apple. So you got sweet potato pie, apple pie, pumpkin pie. I mean, the pies go on forever. And then, oh, let's do a chocolate cake. Oh, let's do a red velvet cake. Amen. Oh, what about this? And what about, and this list is ever growing and you're excited, right? You ladies are excited. You fellas are like, hey man, get in that kitchen. That's what I'm talking about. I can't wait to get in that food. Amen. Uh, but, but we see the ever growing excitement. That's where Martha was. Martha was excited to serve. She was excited. Oh, I can make this. Oh, I can make this. Oh, I can do this. And that's where she was. So now we're moving into this Thanksgiving meal and you're ready. You're excited. You've got the extra pans ready. You got the, the disposable pans. That way you ain't got to worry about it. And then, and then beyond that, you got some extra Tupperware because you know all your family's going to be taking some stuff left over at home. Amen. And you don't want to send you good Tupperware because it ain't going 
will come back. I know because I do it to my mom and dad. I'm sorry if you're watching, mom and dad. Amen. <laughs> but uh, the preparation started off in the right attitude. But then you know it as that time is approaching. Family starts showing up and the turkey's still in the oven and the timer, the little button thing that pops out. You know what I'm talking about? That little red thing that pops out, the little turkey timer, and it ain't popped yet. People start to show up. Pies are still in the other one, in the oven. Stuff's still cooking. And now the stress levels begin, right? You can relate to where Martha was. You can relate with your Thanksgiving meal to where Martha was. And that stress is beginning to build up. And here's the thing. If we're not careful, we'll let that stress lose our focus of all the meal preparation and all the... Why do we go out such, so big on, on the meal? Because you want to see everybody happy. You're making everybody's favorite thing because you want to see their smile on their face as they go, Woo, you really outdid yourself this time, Mama. Grandma, you did great. Oh, man, I am so full. Pass me another piece of that pie real quick. Amen. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. This is where they're at, and this is where they're at. But as the anticipation is building and, and the time is ticking away, all of a sudden it goes from excitement to an episode of Chopped, and time is ticking down now, and, and, and the crunch time is here, dinner time's almost here, everybody's showing up, and you're looking around like, why ain't somebody in here helping me? Why aren't you in here helping me? You, sh you know, you see me running around going, yeah, should be any moment now. I just got this, this, and this to finish up. And you may make little comments like that as you prepping that meal and like, all right, come on, somebody come in here and help. Come on, somebody come in here and help. Come on, somebody come in here and help. You think about this, and if you're not careful, you're focused, you'll lose your focus off preparing the meal for the family to, I can't believe they didn't come in here and help me. They know I'm in here struggling. They see me running around with pots and pans, and maybe sometimes you bang the pots and pans a little loud. Ting, 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 ting. You good in there, hun? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, making extra noise, trying to get everybody's attention. Somebody come in here and help me finish this up. That's where Martha was. Think about it. She was running around. She was, she was careful and troubled about many things. And I could imagine the looks that she was giving her sister as she would run back and forth. You think about the looks that we give each other, amen? I mean, I'm sure she was the, mm, from the kitchen. Mm. Help me. I need help. I need, hey, you, everybody good? Everybody good? All right. All right. Mm. Help me. And the whole time, Mary was focused on Jesus. Martha was running about, and she'd done everything. She even gave him the look, and every man in here just shuddered. You know the look. That looked like you are dead. When everybody leaves, me and you go have it out. You know what I'm saying? Martha, no doubt, was giving all these cues, if you would, to her sister, and now she's to the point where she is just angry. I mean, she's, she's flat out mad. Some people, Martha is like, Martha is like the harder that she worked, the more worked up that she became. Amen. Some of you like that. When you get worked up, it's like, I just got to clean the house. I don't know about you, but there's some, I know my mom's one of those. If she got mad, the whole house was going to get clean. That's just the way she was. You know, I mean, she just started cleaning the house. Don't talk to her. Don't bother her. She's just going to get, she's going to be in the zone. Leave her alone. She's going to clean the house. You don't, you don't bother her at that moment, you know? And there are others who just shut themselves up. They just pull themselves away. And then there are others who just explode, <laughs> amen? Say, well, I've been doing this and I've been doing this. Look what Martha does right here. Look at the verses of scripture. Let's look at it again, verses 38 again. Now it came to pass as, as they went and he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received her, him into her house and, and 
And she had a sister called Mary, which sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, look at the accusations. Lord, don't you care? Lord, dost thou, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. She explodes. Can you see her coming out of the kitchen? Can you see her just coming through like, what, are you serious? Like, what is going on? You see, I'm in here laboring, I'm in here working, I'm trying to make everything right for you, and now you're still just sitting there, soaking it all in. Oh, I want to be there. That's that self-pity. I want to be there. Oh, look at me. I'm Mary. I get to sit down. I don't have to work. It's not my house. It's Martha's. Martha's the one who invited me in. Oh, no, no, no. And then she comes out and she explodes. She didn't implode, she exploded, right? We see this, and, it's, and, and Martha was like that. The harder that she worked, the more worked up she became. Some people burn out in service, but Martha, she was burnt up. She was done. Let's move on here. Uh, I got to hasten here. Number three, number three, if we're not careful, we'll let stress come in, and we'll lose our focus, uh, and we'll find fault with others. Here's where we begin to nitpick everybody, <laughs> everybody, right? When we're so stressed out, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, but you know, well, you do this and you do that. It's okay for you. And you start going back and forth and you start nitpicking every little thing, right? You find fault with others. And in the second part of verse number 40, Martha finally exploded and she comes boiling out and she comes face to face with Jesus. And look at the accusation. Lord, does thou not care that my sister didn't even call her Mary now? Mm -mm. My sister. You might, I bet she said it with some sass. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, don't just like, Lord, don't you care that my sister probably looked at her and cut her eye, did that little eyebrow thing up, whatever, you know. I mean, just cut her eyes at her. And says, Lord, don't you care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Left, her with, left him with a question. I wonder how long that pause was. And then she continues on, bid her. Hey, hold on. It's not enough for me to bring this up. I bid her, therefore, that she help me. She doesn't even call her sister by her name. In her defense, perhaps she'd already done everything that she could to attract Mary's attention and signal her that she needed help. And now we have the situation that, that in this text, when Martha cannot get Mary's attention and she just explodes and comes straight in to Jesus and looks at him and calls her out. And then, and then on top of that, I mean, what a gutsy woman to go to the Lord Jesus says, don't you care? Don't you care that I'm having to serve alone, right? She questions him. And then she's, give, she's telling him, I, here's what I want you to do. Whew. Look at it. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, she questions the Lord's care, the Lord's provision, and then demands, here's what I want you to do about it, right? Have we ever been there before? When we are stressed out beyond max and we're so frustrated and we got so angry at others and we're like, Lord, I'm done. I'm done. But here's what I want you to do. Lord, I need you to do this and this and this. That's what Martha does. She comes and she says, look, she says, look in verse number 40, but Martha was coming about much serving and she came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister have left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she come and help me. Wow. What an accusation. No one can force us to be devoted as Mary was. It was a voluntary decision. And Mary was willing to face the wrath of Martha to put aside her duties and be devoted unto Jesus. 
She was willing to take the wrath. And apparently Martha had a little wrath. Amen. We can see that. Uh, She came out and accused and then demanded, this is what I want you to do. Let's jump to the last point here and we're going to be done. Okay. She questions God's care. We have to be done. I got to put this thing in high gear. Hang on tight, okay? So uh, we see the resort of self-pity, of becoming angry at others, finding fault with others, and questioning God's care. We just read it. Look at it again. Uh, Verse number 40, but Martha was comforted about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. We see whatever Martha has already done to get Mary's attention, none of that worked. And now she's bowled over and she has exploded. Martha was angry at Mary for being so selfish. And she is angry at Jesus for allowing this situation to go on. Think about it and lay it out. Look at it. Look at it right here with me. And notice Martha addressed her irritation to Jesus. And now Martha is accusing Jesus of not caring for her. She is now accusing Jesus of not caring for her because she was sure that if Jesus really cared for her, that he would tell Mary to get up and help her. It is in saying this, she not only rebuked her sister, but also the one for whom all these preparations were actually being made for. She rebukes not only her sister, but also the Lord. Don't you care? Don't you care that I'm here serving alone? Look at it now. Whenever, let me hit you with this quote. Hang on with it now. Whenever our service causes us to criticize criticize others and pity ourselves because we feel overworked, we had better take time to examine our lives. Let me say that one more time because I think it's worthy of it. Whenever our service causes us to criticize others and pity ourselves because we feel overworked, we had better take time to examine our lives. Isn't it interesting how Martha links Jesus's care for her with his willingness to tell Mary to get busy helping her? And she links the two together in that same sentence when she comes and says, don't you care for me? Bid her that she come help me. That was the care that she wanted. She wanted, Jesus, if you really cared for me, then you would tell my sister to get off of her sorry carcass and come in here and help me fix this meal for all of y'all. That's where she was. She links the care, though, with his willingness to tell Mary to get up and go help. And I wonder, do we do that? Do we ever accuse God of not caring for us? God, you know, I've been serving you and then my tires goes flat. God, I've been, I've been doing this and doing that and now I'm losing my job. God, but I've been, I've been serving you. I've been doing everything I can. I've been tithing. I've been doing everything that I can. And, and now this has come my way. God, don't you care? I mean, the motor blows and the dog dies and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's like, God, don't you care? God, don't you care? Oh, God cares for you. God loves you. And he loved you so much so that he was willing to send his only begotten son, Jesus, to live and to die for you, to bleed and suffer, to take all of your sins. Yes, he cares for you. Let us not ever get in that position where we say, God, don't you just care? Oh, God loves you. But what happens is we let the stress of that situation pull us away from our focus and redirect our focus onto the problem instead of putting our focus on Jesus. Let me finish here. We're almost done. Isaiah reminds us this in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. Part of Martha's problem was that she was worried too much about what others were doing. Amen? 
She had her eyes on the wrong person. Instead of looking at, Mar looking at Mary while she labored and while she cooked and while she made everything right, she should have been looking at Jesus while she was serving him. And she would have not exploded, realizing that, oh, I get to serve Jesus a meal. Oh, I get to serve him and the disciples. This is an exciting, monumental moment in my life. But her monumental moment was overtaken by her duties. And she got her eyes off of the Lord and got her eyes on her sister and end up blowing up and exploding. One of the biggest issues when we think about this, it all boiled down to the fact that Martha wanted to force Mary to serve Christ her way. That's not, you're not supposed to be sitting down. You're supposed to be serving. You're supposed to be helping me. This thought right here just hit me good and hard and right between the eyes. That listen, because of Mar Martha's service was just that. And Jesus commends her. You're doing a great work, right? He affirms that work. You are careful about many things, but you're also troubled about many things. He affirms that work is right. He didn't condemn her for it. He didn't say, you shouldn't be working. You should be sitting. Okay, she's doing her part. That is wonderful and great. But she wanted Mary to serve like she serves the Lord. And if we're not careful, we will look at others even within our own church and go, you need to be serving the Lord like I'm serving the Lord. And if you're not serving the Lord like I'm serving the Lord, well, you're not right with God. And I'm going to go tell him what I think about you and what I think that you need to be doing. That's what Martha does, right? And if we're not careful, we'll have that same mentality because we'll let the stress of our service unto the Lord get to the point where we're like, well, they know I need help in my ministry. They know we need help over here. They know we need this and they know we need that. And they, they know I need help in my Sunday school class. And then I got the rest home ministry and, and I would love, I need some help over here. And, and uh, you uh, hosp hospitality team, we do this and we do that. And we know we need some help. And, and, and the maintenance crew, praise the Lord for y'all. Y'all do a phenomenal job every single service. You help clean and all that. And, and you, you know, well, we know we need help. We need help in this. We need help in that. But we'll look at others and go, why aren't they doing what we're doing? That ain't right. I'm over here serving the Lord, doing this, doing that, and they ain't doing nothing. They're just sitting there, taking it all in, just enjoying the service. That's where Mary was. Sometimes we have to stop and get at the feet of Jesus and get instruction before we begin the next service. And for those that are serving, I hope we all are, Keep your eyes on Jesus as you serve and you won't have a problem because you won't get your eyes on so-and-so who's sitting and so-and-so who's waiting and so-and-so who's not here. You just serve the Lord with all that you have. Give him your everything, but the whole time keeping your eyes upon one and his name is Jesus Christ. Jesus responds to Martha's, Martha with an affirmation of her ministry and a redirection of her focus. And finally, Jesus gives Martha an invitation to rest. Verses 41 and 42, and we're done. I got to stop. 41 and 42. Uh, and Jesus answered and said, she blew up. Now get this. She's just exploded on the Lord. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Was Mary better or more spiritual than Martha? I don't think so. I think the only difference was that Mary had the focus of her life in the proper place at that time. She wanted to get at the feet of Jesus and learn as much as she could. The key to surviving stress is to refocus your attention on God's purpose for your life. 
can I tell you this? If you died today, you will be replaced tomorrow at your job. Let me say that one more time. You think, oh, no, they need me. <sighs> They'll hire somebody off the street and train them and pay them more. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you are nothing to a company but a number. We are nothing to the government but a Social Security number who pays taxes. Thank you. Give me what's mine. That's okay. We'll give, we'll give the government what's due, right? But our priority in life is to please but one, and that is our heavenly Father. Amen. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it mixed up. Do your duties. If you, if you, if you have a job, go to work. Amen. That don't mean lay out tomorrow and say, well, I'm going to go soul winning tomorrow. I'm going to call out of work. If you got a job, now go to, go to work. Don't, don't, don't put, put away those duties. But our main goal in life is not to please our bosses. It's not to please anyone else but our Heavenly Father. Because it will be Him, the one we stand in front of on that last day. I will not stand before a boss. I will not stand before a corporation. I will not stand before anyone else and answer for anything that I have done in my life. But I will stand before Jesus and have to answer for every single thing that I have done and every idle word that have come out of my mouth. Whether anybody else heard it or not, I will have to take an account for that. So the way to surviving our stress is to reshift our focus and put our focus and our attention on what God's plan for our life is. Now, I got four more points. We're not going to get to them tonight. It is 835. I got to be done, okay? If you want them, I'll give them to you later, amen, on ways that you can help redirect your focus. Let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes. I know this message really didn't have a lot of hook to it as we read through the story of Martha and Mary here, but I believe it's a subject that we can all relate to of stress, and it's a subject that we all face every single day, and if we're not careful, we'll let our stress consume us and will cause more issues in our lives. It will cause us to resort to self-pity, to become angry at others, find fault with others, and even question God's care. I don't know where you stand tonight. I don't, I don't know what's going on in your life in particular. I don't, I don't know all the ins and outs. I don't know the relationship issues. I don't know the work issues. I don't know the, the financial issues in life. But can I tell you this? If you'll keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus... And keep your priorities in order. Put him first in everything. Can I tell you, you can make it through this thing of life. And you'll make it through this thing of stress. Young people, hear me out. As you go through school and college, the stress level goes up. And at a job on top of that, the stress level just doubled. Parents who work and have a job and children, small children, even grown children, stress is going to be there. But remember, your service is unto the Lord. Keep your eyes upon him as you serve and do your best not to let stress cause you to be distracted and will shift your focus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let's all stand to our feet tonight just for a moment of invitation. Maybe, maybe tonight you just need to run to the altar and cast your care upon the Lord. Uh, that's biblical. 
He tells us to do so. He asks us to come and do that, just to, just to cast all of our care upon him, for he careth for us. Take all your troubles and all your worries. It's okay to go to God with those things. Listen, he knows you. He wired you up, amen? He knows your very frame and he knows everything about you and he knows the stress that you're under right now and the pressures and the priorities and the decisions that you have to make in life. And as you make those decisions in life, make them not stress-filled and worry and full of doubt, but run to Jesus and cast all of your care upon him. Run to him tonight for peace and for comfort. Run to him for direction in life. That's where Mary was. Mary was seated at his feet, getting direction for the next season of life. Maybe tonight you just need to settle in your heart that you need to take some time, set apart some time and get alone with God and get the direction that he has for you. Say, Brother Brandon, you don't know me. You don't know me that well. I know, but God does. And he knows exactly what you need and when you need it. And he'll supply it. But we have to run to him. We have to give him our cares and our anxieties. The worry about our kids. The worry about our financial situation. The worry about our job situation. The worry of what's going to happen tomorrow. All those worries and those cares and the stress can cause us to lose our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and the task that he has already appointed unto each one of us to go and share the gospel and spread the good news to everyone. Will you run to him tonight? Will you make it a purpose in your heart tonight that I'm going to set apart some time, sometime this week, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday before Sunday, I'm going to take some time and I'm going to put the pause button on the duties. I'm going to put the pause button on what I think is urgent and reshift everything and put my focus on Jesus and let him direct my path and let him direct my ways. As some are doing business on the altar, how about you tonight? You do realize that we're not built to carry this load on our own. We were not built to carry the load of this world on our shoulders. We were not. We're not Superman. We ain't got superpowers. But we know one who can help us through anything that we face. If we'll just run to Jesus, he'll turn our test into a testimony. He'll turn our troubles into triumph. He can take what seems hopeless in our life when those stresses come, and he can turn it into something wonderful. Will you do business tonight just for another moment? As others have come, this may be your chance. just another moment this last stanza may be for you will you run to Jesus and redirect your priorities and put them on to, to, the, to the Lord Jesus Christ put your focus on him if you're watching by way of live stream tonight there are people at the phones right now if you have a burden if you have a care if you have a need something in your life that you just want prayer with Maybe you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You may be sitting in here tonight and you may not be 100% sure that if you took your final breath that you would end up in a place called heaven. 
let tonight be the night that you really begin to experience life and what peace you can have through Jesus by being able to cast all your cares upon him. I love that last hymn that we sang, what a friend we have in Jesus. Will you do 